Greetings and welcome to the Elephant TV. My name is Joko Bufi. Today I'll be speaking to Mwalimu Mtemi Wakiyama. Mr. Mr. Mutemi is a social activist, mobilizer, public intellectual, uh, and uh, active citizen uh, uh, based in Nairobi, Kenya. Karibu, Mr. Mutemi, to the Elephant TV. Uh, thank you, Joe. It's always a pleasure. Great, great, Mutemi. So just to start this conversation of uh, a couple of months ago, uh, TIFA, the, the Research Institute, uh, released uh, a report that stated that only 19% of, of Kenyans support the BBI and the BBI process in totality. What do, you, what do you make of this? Joe, it's nothing different from what we've been having the last uh, 60 years or six decades of uh, the so-called Kenyan flag independence. Right. You know, uh, it's, uh, it's an elite um, or leadership, let's not even call it. Elite means people who, who at least have some finance and care about uh, the, the country. Let's say just uh, barons and, uh, and comprada elites mm. who have certain interests that they represent right. and they have mastered the, 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 the way to cast those interests as the interest of Kenyans. Right. So what you're seeing is uh, succession uh, planning, whether it's uh, a president who does not want to go home or wants to go home and still continue pulling the strings. Uh, and uh, they, they want to make, they've made uh, a crisis out of nothing. As in, if you look at the same, the same uh, study that you referred to, um, Paul, if you look at the lists the, uh, of uh, issues that Kenyans care about mm -hmm. in, in terms of ranking, at 22% is lack of employment, mm -hmm. um, at 20% is high cost of inflation, at 19% is COVID uh, and lockdown and the disruption of the economy, and at 14% is corruption. Poverty, the gap between the rich and the poor is at 5%, hunger, drought, it's at 33%, and poor leadership. Uh, not a crisis in leadership, but poor leadership is at 2%. It's such an, an issue to Kenyans um, that... Uh, BBI is like an oxy it's it's just something totally out of the blue. I don't know why, why and this I'm sure the NSIS and other polling services uh, do give uh, this these people in leadership or these politicians uh, 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 constant polls similar polls to these ones. Right. And so they know uh, the things that Kenyans care about, but they don't care about the things we care about. So it's the usual elite power games. Um, and this time, unfortunately, uh, it's at a time when Kenyans are engaged uh, variously, either through social media or other spaces, and Kenyans know what they want, and they are able to communicate what they want. Right. Um, uh, then we passed the Constitution of uh, Constitution 2010, uh, the Katiba, uh, 11 years ago now, uh, next month actually will be 11 years, 11 years since we passed it. And by and large, there, 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 are, many, there, are, many, there are many good things it has brought. And, and there are some who argue that uh, uh, a, lot, a, a lot of it hasn't been implemented fully. But which is, what, what, what is interesting about, about this whole conversation on BBI and the Katiba was that uh, on, on his, in his Madaraka Day speech, uh, President Uhuru Kenyatta uh, said that uh, the constitution should not be a yoke unto, unto us and that, uh, and that uh, we should be allowed to change and remedy it when, uh, when we feel like uh, this is a constitutional moment. So my question is that why, why are juxtaposing BBI and the Katiba 2010, why, why does it feel like uh, Katiba, yet it was, it's been hit as one of the most progressive uh, documents in, globally, why is it a yoke to the political class? I agree with one thing about what he said. 
that it is it should be possible to amend the constitution right anytime kenyans feel like or even do away completely with it but follow the laid down procedures within the constitution mm. now about the constitution being a yoke i am happy that he thinks it's a yoke because it was designed to be a yoke right it's meant to it's meant to uh, if you remember we passed this constitution after the so many amendments that were done on the previous constitution to favor the executive so that we we, we got we got a president who was more of a king than a president a president who was not accountable to kenyans a president who was not answerable to parliament to other to the judiciary to other departments in fact the judiciary uh, before the constitution 2010 the judiciary was a department within the presidency within the the government you know as, right. just a small department within the ag's office right you know mm. uh, the president could hire and fire judges and could even tell judges how to rule could even draft uh, judgments for them uh, mm. using through the ag or through the chief justice um and what you're seeing right now is a constitution that is working as it should be the fact that he feels it's a yoke that means the constitution is working as it, as it should be but but you have to remember the structure of uh, of our of our state it's a colonial extractive state it was meant to extract from the people and take to the hands of a few and this right. constitution is preventing them from doing that remember uhuru's first act when he became president in 2013 right. was to procure uh, medical machines mm -hmm. he had forgotten that uh, uh, Health is devolved, and the right. governor, some governors, refuse to take those things, and uh, and and that issue is still unresolved today because they want a centralized government so that they can centralize procurement, and then they can give tenders to themselves and their buddies. So the constitution is working as it should, and the fact that the president is not happy with it uh, means uh, this is good for Anjiko. Now the question is, um, what, what about the BBI? The BBI is a backdoor attempt to amend the constitution and recentralize power. You know, right. uh, so you know, remember the the issue of the of the of the uh, I mean the judiciary ombudsman, mm. uh, police to be under the minister for interior, um, etc. So basically, what they are trying to do is take back the power that was given to institutions and take it back to the presidency or take it back to the minister of interior because cabinet ministers are appointed by by the president. So if you put the police under the Ministry of Interior, you're putting the police directly under, 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 under the president. If you appoint a judiciary ombudsman, mm. Joe, if you're a judge, these ombudsman will come and say, Motemi has a, comp uh, they know you have a judgment you're going to make maybe and you may not favor the government. They'll tell you, Motemi has raised a complaint against you. Uh, so just know uh, this complaint is on my desk. So even as you're making your judgment, you're thinking, what if I make this judgment and these guys don't like, and then they, that complaint is brought up. So it's basically a stick to the judiciary, and it's basically taking the judiciary back to the executive. So this is what they, they, they want. Um, they are unhappy that uh, the devolution was meant to devolve power to people. It has happened. People are very happy, despite the, the corruption that is in the counties. If you look at the money that is given to, to counties, it's 300 million, billion. That's uh, like 10% of the entire Jubilee budget of 3 trillion. Mm. And, and we are making noise about governors stealing money, but there's still development that you can see in the counties. What about these other 2.7 trillion? Why is it? Why is it going? You know? mm. And that's what they want to mask with this BBI thing. Okay. I mean, I mean, 
interestingly, uh, the BBI process, the BBI judgment on uh, June 2nd, and as, I mean, as we wait to the, 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 the Court of Appeal ruling on 20th of August, in a sense has really given uh, impetus to people to be aware and alert about uh, what Constitution of 2010 meant, meant for them. But my, my question, uh, particularly this now comes since this is something that now you deal with on a day-to-day on -day basis, uh, between 2010 and the BBI process, there was a sense in which there was a vacuum in, in organizing and, 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 and citizen education around, around Katiba 2010. Uh, what role did civil society play in that, in, 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 in not filling that space and, and moving forward? How, how, how should we start building a, a, critical, a critical mass of people to start engaging civically towards, towards real implementation of, of the constitution of Kenya? Uh, that's a very good question, Joe. So, so what has happened is that um, civil society was branded as evil society previously. And anybody who had a voice that was contrary or critical to what the government, the government position was, and especially this government of uh, uh, Uhuru and Ruto, because remember uh, the, the, the narrative of accept and move on, and remember the narrative of um, um, you know, we, we've been elected by the people or we are saying uh, innocent until proven guilty and to exception of uh, appeal. All these were around the ICC. So there was a, an attempt to control narratives around the ICC um, so that uh, the, the government of Kenya was fighting the International Criminal Court uh, mm -hmm. so that you could get Uhuru and, and Ruto off of the cases, their cases uh, ended. And so the whole political machine aligned around that. Now, um, in the process, uh, and because uh, the opposition was silenced, because it's their bodies, you know, they are the politicians ultimately, after the evening in six, when they meet in their homes and clubs, there's no opposition or, or government. Until they wake up the next morning, then they come to the public and they tell us who they, our enemies are. You know, they decide who, who's whose enemy. There, there was, a, I think, an elite consensus, political consensus, that uh, they, they, are, they were all going to fight the ICC cases and make sure that uh, their bodies come back. So the opposition was dead. And at that time, that's when we started organizing. I was part of a, a platform called Maskania Taifa that really pushed back on the fake narratives that uh, Cambridge Analytica was unleashing mm. um you know i think it's we can say uh, maskani is it was a precursor to the elephant which uh, you're part of right now uh, we, right. we started the idea speaking truth to power which is what you guys do um we 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 helped push back uh, uh, by bringing in citizen voices mm. and at, at a time when activists were being uh, labeled mm. when civil society was being called evil society uh, we were able to use the resources of civil society and especially the research, the, the reports that civil society have done and using social media, put them out there uh, for Kenyans to uh, consume and engage with. Right. Uh, research into various issues that face Kenyans and which the mainstream media had refused to do. Mm. And this kind of mainstream civil society is the option that active citizens, I mean, uh, social media is the option that active citizens have to hold their leadership to account. That's why even State House, Mutemu Uhuru was going into power. 
uh, state house had a full-fledged department, digital department, uh, mm -hmm. to be able to you know to engage with citizens. And so uh, through that, Kenyans have organized themselves, mobilized themselves around uh, particular issues. I think KOT got a few ministers uh, sacked, Wahigoro, um, what is his name, Olalenku and others. Right. Unfortunately, they went on to become governors uh, instead of going to committee or somewhere uh, like that. But um, what you're seeing is more of a different civil society whereby it's not really, uh, there's still the traditional civil society donor funded, mm -hmm. but you're seeing Kenyans organizing themselves to hold leadership to account, not just at the national level. Now you see people organizing themselves in the counties to hold their county assemblies or their governors to account and mobilize even to the point of impeaching governors. So, mm -hmm. so that's, that's the new, uh, or, or rather the new or the rebranded or the civil society 2.0 or 2.3.0, okay. I can call it that. But, but, the, but then my question, even as, 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 you, as you rightly saying, is a new formation of civil society. Uh, there are many, there are, there are many, uh, there are many voices that uh, the last couple of months, have maybe an year or two that 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 are feeling a sense whereby uh, uh, the the political class the political class as kind of constituted isn't fit for purpose and particularly when uh, the the conversations around Tangatanga and Kieleweke and mm. you know, and dynasties and hustlers and uh, there's always there's the sense that people are asking where is the where is the people's voice in this so mm. so, so to my question is that then. Uh, as someone who has been, I, I know, actively uh, trying to organize uh, civically and politically, what's the, mm. missing, what's the missing up that the people and civic society, not society as donor driven, but civic society, unions, judges, mm. what's the missing up that is that, is, that they are unable to, to move from where they are to now uh, move to space and, and contest politically? What's the missing up? So if you look at the last uh, the, the six decades of uh, Kenyan organizing, um, uh, every 10 years or so, including the, let's say since, since 1963, where we got independence, you know, it was not really one sector um, that brought that independence. Uh, there was organizing, labor organizing, there was Mau Mau in the forest, there was a religious movement that was uh, established, you know, established schools and all that. So. In 19, uh, towards independence around the 60s, or actually just late 50s, early 60s, um, people came together and gave that push that led to independence. Although the decision was also largely influenced by the fact that the British uh, were going broke from maintaining their colonial structure. But that movement gave it impetus. 10 years later, there was a push when people say, we are not seeing the Matunda of Uhuru, Nanini, and then uh, those, uh, the, the infamous Ndegwa, you know, um, I think an attempt at bribing civil servants by allowing them to trade with government so that uh, the trickle-down economics could work so that they could start, you know, eating from, uh, from the government. Of course, that's the genesis of the corruption. Then as you're going towards Kenyatta becoming Senate 78, uh, Moy comes in, but then around 82, which is again about 10 years later, uh, we have the attempted coups, the two mm -hmm. attempted coups. 10 years later, you have 92, uh, which mm -hmm. is a repeal of Section 2A. Uh, 10 years later, you have Kibaki coming in, you know, the, the Mapambano, and uh, you know nobody can bog us, and yes. uh, there's a change. And then 10 or so years later, we have uh, the new constitution 
2010. So every 10 years or so, Kenyans organize. Mm -hmm. And you're actually at that moment at, at this time. And that's mm -hmm. when people come together um, and, and, um, and, and put their, their sectarian um, uh, differences aside. And usually civil society is behind this. Now, what have we learned from uh, the, the successes, but also the failures of the, that organizing? Mm -hmm. The one thing that has been constant is that civil society has not organized politically. Uh, the voters organized, mobilized Kenyans, you know, put out the issues there and rallied Kenyans from different sectors and then handed over the baton to the same politicians who we have a problem with. Right. So this time what you're saying is that uh, we are not going to do that. A civil society, we are, I think we have uh, uh, people like uh, former CJ, Willie uh, and others. And they are saying this is where we fail. So what, what they, are, they, are, they are telling us that you people have to organize politically. Don't just organize civically, but also organize politically. Uh, organize, if you, if you don't want to deal with Kieleweke and Tangatanga, it does not help to switch off your TV and disengage. Mm. You have to create an alternative to those narratives. And so um, we, are, we are working to create a, a movement that is social, belongs to the people, but also engage politically so that we put in different kind of leadership uh, mm. from the ones that we don't like. From these people who are, Mara, it's BBI, Mara, it's bottoms up, Mara, it's bottom, bottom, bottom down, down, bottom, I don't know which <laughs> is which, all that, Manenos. But all mm. these are Kifumba Macho. All these are you know, corn, corn games. We are being conned by the same guys. These guys are just the same seven guys. You can actually count them in one hand, in two hands. And they, are, mm. they just keep reinventing themselves every two, five years. Okay. But then, but then yeah. question, and how, how does civil society, uh, which has been by and large, uh, by and large for, for at least, at least since uh, 92, thereabout in the 80s, has been by and large donor-driven. How, how do you transition uh, that, that ecosystem to, to now moving them to a space of engaging politically with the issues of the people and not issues that are driven by uh, donors in a sense? How do you move the transition to now say, listen, how does it start to now become a political, a political space? How does that manifest? That's a very relevant question because uh, um, part of the reasons why um, civil society has failed to engage politically uh, previously, they've been involved in organizing and all that, and then they hand over to the politician, is that issue of donor-driven interest and in civil society attempting to remain non-partisan. Right. You know? Um, and in these battles, these battles that we have between Wanjiko and the elite, you have to be a partisan, you have to be Wanjiko partisan. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I think we've gotten to a point where civil society uh, has gotten to a point of supporting uh, you know, social movements that Wanjiko is organizing so that uh, it's not really them dictating, uh, but even saying no to the donors uh, and saying this is how we are going. But also, I think we've gotten to a point where those who, uh, the donors, some of the donors that are there understand that movements organize differently from uh, institutions. Right. And so they are willing to support that space. But ultimately, uh, movements are organizing to get out of the reliance of the, especially foreign donors. We don't mind local donors. We don't mind, uh, Joe, if you have a few millions here. If you commit uh, those millions to the movement, or you tell us you give us a thousand shillings every month, mm. you know, that's uh, 12,000 a year. 
Uh, someone else says, Mimi uh, Nalima Nyanya, Ama, I have some milk I sell, Ama, I do my tea here and there. Right. I can guarantee you guys 100 shillings a month uh, for that's 1,200 per year to support your movement. And I, believe me, Joe, if we do this and uh, this is already happening, people are supporting our movements, you will find that the, the money you even get is much more, um, you know, it's much more than what the donors give us. Mm -hmm. But it also enables you to plan long term and people, Kenyans feel that they own, this is something they own because they invested in it and it's part of their, their everyday. They, they are working to feed their, themselves, uh, house themselves, take their kids to school, but also support their own political movements that are not briefcase political movements that, like we have today, um, mm -hmm. whereby someone comes and dishes out 50 shillings, 100, 200, and for, for, for five years. Mm -hmm. So then my last question, even as we wind up, then, then what's, what's the spark? I mean, you, you've, you've led the, the thinking that we need to move you know, from, you know, we need to become more more sustainable locally, but we need to move into pol the political terrain and, and organize movement building and political parties. But, but what's the spark that we need? Uh, particularly, I ask this because we are, uh, today's July 28th, we, we are uh, one, one year, I think two weeks to, to the next election. And there's a sense, there's a sense that one, one feels uh, listening to Kenyans on the streets is, you know, we're, we're moving to a, a, the next election with, you know, the, the space of the, between the devil and the deep blue sea kind of situation, you know, so then how do you create, mm. that, what's the create that urgency and for, for a longer term uh, recreation and reemergence of uh, organic civil society that is politically driven, uh, civically aware, and uh, is engaging in all spaces. What's the spark that we need? So um, maybe what we need is not a spark. So if you, that's a very good question. And if you think about it, um, the, your previous question about um, donor, donor funding and donor driven organizing right. by civil society, what, what it does is that it limits us to one year, two year programs. Mm -hmm. So, and then the, the political class uh, keep us in a five-year electoral cycle. Mm -hmm. But remember, you're in life, Joe. Uh, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are living our lives, and our lives are not one-year, two-year programs or three, five-year programs. So what all these have done, and I, I firmly believe it's a collusion between the donors, I mean, the, 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 the foreign nations and uh, the politicians, who empower whom they support and enable, is that we are unable to plan long-term. We are unable mm -hmm. to think 10, 15, 20 years. And if you look at most serious organizations, even corporate organizations, they plan 10, 20 years. Then they break it down into short-term, mid-term, and long-term. Mm -hmm. And um, what you're talking about 2022 is the short-term. But you should right. not react to 2022 in the short term unless you've planned long term. And then we are saying, in the mint, in the next one year, if you have a plan, you have a plan, um, mm -hmm. then you can say, this is what we do in 2022, and this is what we need to spark as uh, excitement around it in 2022. And you remember, uh, Vision 2030 was a long term vision that came out around 2000 and, uh, I think 2006. Um, so someone had planned, you know, 20 years ahead. Uh, why aren't we doing that? So uh, part of what you're doing in social movement is saying, you're not going to be caught up in all these Kialoeke, Tanga Tanga games of every five years, so that you get excited, you get euphoria, we elect people, and then 
and then we are deflated. For example, if Ruto becomes president, I'm sure the wheelbarrow guys will be demonstrating a year later. If Raila people, if Raila becomes president with the current current level of debts we have, uh, there's little you can do in five years uh, to to fix that. So how can we then, as Kenyans and as um, civil society, have a, do a long a 20-year plan and break it down in terms of even getting out of the current level of indebtedness? You know. Mm -hmm. So key is to um, I think well, the spark that you're looking for is. Uh, are getting to a point where citizens get excited about organizing by themselves, uh, among themselves as civil society, and not the political class that we've been told are the panacea for where right. we are going. So that let's not get excited about 2022. In fact, we should mm -hmm. be crying about 2022 because, as you say, uh, it seems like most probably one of these guys will be uh, uh, elected or rigged in, and then we'll have another. Uh, five years of teeth, gnashing of teeth, as we as we as we ask where we went wrong. Why don't we think about 2027 and start organizing now, and then you can use 2022 as a launching pad towards that, whereby we 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 send the both the barons and the fake hustlers home.